Welcome to the Paragold Podcast. This is Jared Pitney, and today I'm joined by the owner of Dairy Queen here in Paragold, Philip Sutton. Philip, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. So I've obviously seen you around, uh, especially whenever I'm in Dairy Queen. You've been there for years, um, but I don't know a whole lot about your story. Are you from Paragold? No, I was born in Denver, Colorado. Really? Yes. How did you get to Arkansas? Well, my dad uh, was a Baptist minister okay. his whole life. Um, my family's from southern Illinois, mm-hmm. and he got a church out there in the Denver area. Um, I was born, I think we might have moved away from there when I was roughly one or two years old. Don't okay. have a lot of memories about it. Uh, moved back to Illinois. Um, our family has also moved down to Florida, a couple different places, and then landed in Piggott, Arkansas. And then from Pickett over to Paragould. Wow. How old were you when you got to Pickett? Pickett, I was in the fifth grade. So I was about 11. Okay. And then 11. did y'all move? Did he, your dad get a church in Paragould after that, or did y'all just move to Paragould? In Pickett, he was General Baptist, but okay. then he shifted over to United Methodist. Okay. And he took uh, Shiloh okay. Methodist in Paragould. All right, and so he was there through, I mean, I guess for you in Paragould, and then he left after you had, like, I guess, left the house or whatever, and that's what made you decide to stay here or, like? No, we, um, he was there until I graduated. Okay. And then we moved to Jonesboro, and I was starting ASU, so I moved over there with him. Okay. Um, but I decided that uh, after my wife and I met, we decided to move back to Paragool because of the store. Because of Dairy Queen? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So when you went to ASU, what did you plan on doing? Did you know that you wanted to make a career in the food industry? or No, I actually was going uh, going into state police. I was doing a criminology degree. And Grogan approached me about furthering my opportunity with the store. And I knew that being a police officer and having a family – is not the easiest in the world. Mm-hmm. So this was something that I did love doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it made it made more sense as a family man to take that path. And yeah. I've not regretted it at all. You mentioned Grogan. Is that the previous owner? Yes, Mike Grogan. So when you started working at Dairy Queen, you were how old? I was 16. I started there in 1992. Wow, 16 years old, 1992. That's incredible. And um, when you first started working there, I guess you were like any other teenager. You're just trying to find, you know, some money, some spending find money. some right? money, stay out of trouble the best I could. <laughs> I was a workaholic. I just took everybody's hours. I'd pull every shift I could. Really? Yeah. And so eventually Grogan comes to you. And we'll talk about the Grogans in a little bit and just their ownership. That He comes to you and he just says, like, he, I guess he sees leadership potential in you. Yes. And he just says, hey, like, I can see you moving in as a manager. Yeah, because when we moved to Jonesboro, I had actually quit for a while. I took a job at uh, Big Star okay. down on G Street. Yeah. And that's where I'd met my wife, Sherry, mm. um, and at the church that my dad took in uh, Jonesboro yep. on Culver House. St. Paul was the name of that church. We, uh, I quickly realized that the grocery store industry was not for me. Mm. And Mike had offered one of the, he told one of the managers to come and offer me my job to come back. And I just commuted from Jonesboro to Paragould every day. And then you became manager. So you were how old? I was 19 when I started 
doing more of the daytime managing. Okay, that's pretty young. Yeah. I mean, to be managing there. What do you think he saw in you? Just a determination and a willingness to do what it took to get the job done. Um, I view myself as someone that reads people fairly well, Mm. understands what they are capable of, and able to get them to see it. Yeah. That's really good. And I believe that you are good at that. You know, we, we talked about this before, but um, when I was 16, I applied for a job at Dairy Queen and did not get it. And I've told you that was a good decision because at that point in my life, I literally was like, what's the least I can do and get by? And I think I remember, maybe I dreamed this. Maybe we talked about my grades or we talked about a report card, but I just remember the interview that I had uh, with you was much different than any interview I had anywhere else. It was pretty obvious to me, like y'all were looking for a certain type of person who you knew was going to show up and take pride in what they did. Yeah. Um, and that's really, I think, shown uh, in Dairy Queen throughout the years. Yeah. We still try to look at grade point averages, um, what t- type of extracurricular activities they're in, because a lot of times that will tell you a lot about that person's capabilities and determination whether they're going to do the bare minimal or they're going to step out there and really push themselves yeah well the big thing is i think you know here what you're talking about here with your determination and willingness to just get the job done it's like that is so important what you're talking about is grit there's a grittiness to you and uh angela duckworth wrote a book years ago called grit and basically i mean she did all this research and she's had ted talks and all that but what the research shows is even more than academic success or anything else, or even intellect, high IQ, like grit is the number one determining factor of someone's success. It's like, I don't necessarily have to be smarter than you. I don't necessarily have to be more athletic than you. I don't have to necessarily be funnier than you or whatever, more clever. But like, if I'm willing to outwork you, like good things are going to happen. Yes. And that seems to be true of your story. So, We'll talk about you eventually. You bought Dairy Queen, but I want to back up for a second. Um, the people who are listening may not know, because I didn't even know this growing up here, that the Dairy Queen in Paragould, um, which, by the way, is a staple in our community, um, been around for a long time. You'll talk about that. It's different than the other Dairy Queens, and that's not just like Paragould biasness. Like, oh, our Dairy Queen's better than every other Dairy Queen, but it's it genuinely is different. Explain to people why that is. Part of that is because we have a, what we call the original contract. Uh, they like to call us non-system food. We are in complete control of the food side of our business. If uh, we want to add a product, take it away, it's our baby to do. Mm. We do a lot of research when it comes to taking care of that product. We try to have a timeline we don't want anything to take too long because we are fast food, mm-hmm. but it also has to be of the highest quality. Anytime we have a new salesperson come in, I make sure and tell them, I'm not worried about the price of what this is going to be. Mm. I want to know what the quality is. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll haggle the price and worry about what my food cost is going to be in it later. Yes, um, I've had I've had food reps that have come up and switched out product because they thought it would be better for my bottom line. That's one way to make me mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't mess with my stuff. Yes. And uh, my management team now, they also recognize that if they see something come in that's not of quality, they instantly pick up on it. 
Yeah. Boy, we battled that during COVID and the supply chain shortages. We were getting stuff in left and right, and it's like, this is not going to work. I'd rather be out of that product than compromise it. Was that your most challenging time since you've been at Dairy Queen, COVID, the pandemic? Yes. Yes. It calls the supply chain? Supply chain was my biggest fear. I, I was not afraid of the virus itself. I was afraid of what the implications sure. were going to be on can we get the product? Can we keep the doors open? Is the health mm-hmm. department going to come in and say, you know, we've got to shut this down? We've, anytime we had to, we made a, a shift in our gear to stay open and to stay productive. And you had just bought it when we haven't talked about that part of the story yet, but I guess you actually purchased the business when? 2016. Okay, so you've been there four years, but, man, here comes the pandemic. Was it ever one of those things where you're like, wow, like we're losing money? Or was it just kind of this miraculous deal where, like, no, we were able to continue to do well even in spite? Actually, during the pandemic, we were not losing money. We were holding our own quite well. Mm. Um, And, unfortunately, it's because some places didn't have drive-thrus, had to completely shut down their facilities. Mm do makeshift drive-thrus, which that's not really a good thing because they're not set up for it. The flow isn't going to work. That takes years of fine-tuning. Yep. Um, but the problem now, of course, is inflation. Yes. Um, so we were we were making pretty good money during through COVID. Yeah. And how has inflation impacted y'all? Well, it's one of those things that, I cannot raise my prices enough to combat it because I I feel guilty every time I have to make a price increase on the menu board. Yeah. People are strapped left and right anyway. Mm-hmm. I know I've got to make my money, mm-hmm. but I I just feel guilty every time. Mm. Um, so I do the bare minimal yeah. on trying to recoup that money as best I can. Sure. Try to cut corners wherever you can so it yeah. doesn't affect the... And I won't compromise the staff. We keep the same number. We had actually more people on the floor during COVID without the dining room than we we did before. Because you were just trying to move faster or what? We wanted to move that drive-through as fast as possible and not skip a beat, not lose quality, um, not make mistakes. Plus, it was a good way to get people employed that needed that money. So it was a, a service to our crew members. Um, is that is there any sign of the inflation coming down in the food industry, or is it like where we are, where we are? It is starting to lighten up just a hair, but not enough to really be. We'll never go back to where about. Yeah, yeah. Um, you were talking a while ago about the quality of the food and don't change my product and all that. Um, the fries, in my mind, are some of the best fries, if not the best fries, in the city. Uh, out of all the fast food restaurants. It feels like it's the same fry I've been eating since I was a kid. Is that just my imagination? We don't change the fries. Okay. We have stuck with the same fries for many, many years. So it is the same. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah, man. It's fantastic. Yeah. So when did Dairy Queen here in Paragould actually open up? I believe it was 1952. 1952. um, Opened up by the Grogan's. What was? uh, Paul. Paul, okay. And so Paul opens it up. Is it in the same location? Yes. The building that you see the crew working in is the same building that he he pretty much built that with his own two hands. Wow. He was a he was a jack of all trades. He could do anything. And so he he builds this building uh, and he goes and I guess buys the contract for the ice cream 
for the yeah. most is that pretty much it in the name yes and then just starts making his own food or buying food and yeah yes. but when that happened in, in the 50s dairy queen wasn't even interested in selling food but when they saw the operators adding in hot dogs and burgers and various items onto the huh. ice cream side they said wait a minute we're losing money so anybody that opened up i'm not sure what year it is a contract after that year they had to include if they wanted the food ah. at that time it's called a brazier they also went in and bought old contracts away from people okay i think in the region we're in there's only five original contract stores yeah i think i saw online there's the one in memphis is that right maybe I feel like I, I'd search the Jim Dandy to figure out what a Jim Dandy is, and it came up like another one in, and maybe just in Western Tennessee. Uh, that would be Dyersburg. Dyersburg, okay. Dyersburg. Yeah. That was actually owned by Paul's brother. Oh, oh really? Wow. Yes. He, they, that family no longer owns it. Uh, it went to the the kids, and then I believe they sold out. Okay. It's been a number of years ago. So the Grogans are they from here originally? No. Okay. Um, they're from somewhere over in Tennessee. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, was Paul like? How does he? Whenever I'm curious about this, when he decided to go into the the Dairy Queen business, I'm not sure what his age was, but his background was actually working in dairy farms. In dairy farms, he was he was like uh, one of the guys that produced, helped to produce milk and cheese and cottage really? cheese stuff like that. I'm not sure exactly what all his job, but the man could put a piece of dairy in his mouth and tell you the butter fat content in wow. it just with his tongue. Incredible. He was like a computer. <laughs> That's amazing. So he stayed in the dairy business, just a little yes. bit different. He he saw that Dairy Queen was going to be successful, and he just he knew in his gut, this is this is something I want to do. Well, yeah, in the fifties, I can't imagine there was uh, many other restaurants, right? No places to go. I'm trying to think. Dog and Suds was yes, there. And don't okay. they have ice cream? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Dog and Suds so. would have been there, but yeah, you wouldn't have had a. A lot of options. No. Um, eventually, his son—I guess he gives it over to—is it, is it John Grogan? Is that his name? John Paul. John Paul Grogan. Okay. John Paul worked there through high school, and um, then went off to college. Then he's up in Vermont right now. In Vermont, and he works for uh, the university up there. Okay. Yeah, and this was this is who you bought it from because there's John Paul and there's John I, Paul. I bought it from Mike. Okay, so Mike's what I'm thinking of. Okay, yeah. so Mike, Mike bought it from his dad. Yeah, he inherited it from his dad. Okay. Yeah. And then he ran it from until he sold it to you. Correct. Right? Correct. Um, so you've been what all positions? You've been manager? You've been owner before that? Before you were manager? What uh, were you I doing? started washing dishes and taking out trash and just worked my way up. It's incredible. What have you learned about dealing with the public? In that time, oh my! Well, used to, I wanted to try to please everybody. I learned that over time. I learned that you don't need to please everybody mm-hmm. just for the sake of pleasing them, yeah. which is impossible. By it the way, it is impossible. You'll drive yourself insane. Yeah. What I learned was do the right thing, mm-hmm. and most people will recognize that. And appreciate it. Yes. The few that don't, you might be able to have a conversation with them, bring them to a reality of the mm-hmm. situation. But there's some people you're just not going to be able to please, and you just let it go and go on. Mm. What have you learned about leadership, managing people and leading people? Well, 
every single person you're dealing with is a completely different entity. Yes. You have to read them. You have to get their backstory, understand what makes them tick. Mm. Because just one wrong phrase, one wrong body gesture to some people can trigger an emotion that you're not aware of unless you know who they are. Mm. And you just got to be able to not just treat them like an employee, treat them like a friend so mm. that you can get to know them and then they will want to work for you. Yeah. And not just for a paycheck. Yeah. They'll want to make sure that you're happy with their their work. That's good. Relationships are so important, you know. I mean, building that trust, trusting someone. What's the old saying? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care kind of thing. Yes. I mean, that's what you're talking about. It's yes. like truly taking an interest in them, understanding what makes them tick, their personalities, their hangouts, what's going on at home, right? Yes. Yeah, that's fantastic. What would you credit to the success of, of the Dairy Queen here? Because it's been around a long time. Well, I would say quality employees. We've already talked about quality product. Mm-hmm. Um, quick to recognize when somebody is not working out and do our best to get them up to snuff. But when we feel like it's lost, mm-hmm. cut them loose. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't let the system fall apart just because you're wanting to – you know, help somebody that's not helping themselves. Mm. So that keeps the quality high on every end of the spectrum. Yeah. Quality product, quality people. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. seem like it's exact, exactly rocket science, but I know it's a yeah. lot harder. Uh, it's harder to find yeah. them anymore. I mean, you have you noticed a difference? People don't want to work. Why do you think that is? I think the government's just taking care of everybody, and it's why do I have to work? Yeah. There's no incentive out there. Yeah. They can stay at home and draw a check. Uh, they can just, most employers also belittle and berate the employee, mm. especially in the industry we're in. It's If you've had a bad taste in your mouth working for one of our competitors, their mm. thought is, if I go over there, I'm just going to be jumping back into the frying pan. Mm-hmm. So why do it? Yeah. But if they'll come in and see us, get to know us know that we're not going to treat them like a number they'll see that it's a totally different environment i believe that is that the biggest difference that you've noticed in your time of working at dairy queen is the difficulty in finding good help or is there something else that jumps out to you when you think about how much things have changed since 1992 to 2023 the biggest things that change are a what you just said the uh, ability to find quality help and retain them and then the, the next thing that I wish people could get a control on is the cell phone. Uh, I am so tired yep. of going out to eat and my waiter or waitress is sitting there on their phone and not taking care of me. Yep. And I know we have workers that try to slip theirs out of their pocket every now and then. Sure. Try to safeguard against it. Yep. But that just chaps my hide. Well, and, you know, the as parents, we don't help with that. Uh, because I know that it's so we're so quick to say you know whenever we come home tired from work or whatever first thing we want to do is actually put a screen in front of our kids yeah because we're like just please leave me alone like give me a moment of relaxation and that's creating a habit right it's yes. like it's and and you talked about it earlier um, when we weren't on the air it's like you know, even at schools it's encouraged right yes 
you know, when you've done your test, if everybody else is still taking it, get your phone out, play your game, get on Facebook, whatever whatever they're going to do, and just use it as a babysitting tool to keep everybody pacified and quiet. Yes, and we're losing social skills. So I'm curious yes. even about that. Like, have you found it more difficult to find workers who actually know how to have just a good one-on-one conversation like this? Because that's huge, especially for the person who's working the register, right? Yes. Whenever I'm interviewing somebody, the way they conduct themselves is very, very important. If they can talk to me, I know they're going to be nervous. Sure. But if they can communicate to me, articulate, they've got a leg up. Yep. And if they can count money, they've got a leg up. Mm. Yeah. Most people don't realize that a quarter and a nickel (laughs) makes 30 cents. (laughs) <laughs> that would drive Chris mad. Do you know that? <laughs> yeah, I just to think quarter nickel. Yeah, that's why he didn't hire me. He saw my, he saw my math scores. Um, no, that's that's good. I, I think that. Yeah, I'm glad that you are putting in the work to try to create that kind of culture, that environment. Because Dairy Queen really has been. Um, I said it earlier, a staple in our community, and it's been one of those places where you can go and you can still trust, like. The people who are there are going to be friendly. Yes. Um, my food is going to be good quality. It's going to be clean, right? Like it's yes. going to be fairly quick. I mean, like I'm going to be taken care of. And so, you know, we live over on Main Street. And so one of the things, you won't see us because you won't be there at nighttime, but, you know, we'll, especially in the summertime, we'll, you know, once or twice a month or whatever, we'll walk from our house over there just to get a blizzard or whatever else. And it's yeah. just a, and we'll intentionally go and eat inside. Yeah. And I do not do that in any other fast food restaurant i have no desire in fact i avoid it like the plague uh but there's just something about i don't know maybe it's nostalgic i'm not sure what it is but i actually look forward to walking with my wife and kids to dairy queen getting ice cream and and eating it in the building yeah which has been around since 1952 70 years yeah it's a very special thing that we have in our community our family did that in carmel illinois mom and dad would walk i'm one of three boys would walk us over to the Dairy Queen, and then there was a bridge that went over this gully. And we would sit on the bridge with our feet dangling off and eat the Dairy Queen ice cream <laughs> when I was in about, oh, probably third grade. That's cool, man. That's a good memory. Fun yeah. thing that um, we can go there. My wife is dairy-free, though, so you would think, how can you go to Dairy Queen if your wife is dairy-free? <laughs> uh, we got the Dairy-Free Dilly Bar. Yeah. Ah, so I didn't know that's a pretty good option, option for yeah. Someone who's dairy free too. That's that is a good option. And I'm eating all the dairy. Is there if you ever come up with the uh, or decided to the gluten free bun, I'm done. Like I'll be, I'll I'll gain a lot of weight. I'll be eating there. <laughs> I'll have to ask for bread uh, man yeah, if they I'll got be, that available. I'll, I'll be eating there a lot. Um, so uh, there's so much more that I would love to talk to you about and ask, but I. I think I'm going to go ahead and just move into some rapid fire questions, which are just questions that we ask every guest that comes on. And so I promise it's pretty painless. Um, Are you ready for the first one? I'm ready. All right. What is either the last movie or show you watched or book you read? Well, last movie, we went and saw Jesus Revolution. Yeah, it's a good one. Great movie. That's good. Wonderful. I'm not a big crier, but I had tears in my eyes Mm. several times in that movie. Um, Favorite band? Uh, probably Aerosmith. Mm. Oh, classic. Walk this way, right? Yeah. When did you graduate high school, did you say? 1993. 93. From where? It was Ridgecrest at the time, Paragould. Oh, oh. you were Ridgecrest. Ridgecrest. It was the last year as Ridgecrest. Huh. Okay. Under uh, Shoemaker. Yeah. Oh, man. I forgot about Shoemaker. John Shoemaker. 
1993. What were the big? It was I guess Errol Smith was big in '93. Yes, Guns and Roses. Oh man, mm-hmm. the golden years of music. Um, and our kids love that music too. So my wife, your and kids, I, we've do? done very well to get That's them in, in the classics. <laughs> oh, our kids love '80s music. So yeah. '80s and, and the '90s was good. I, I just um, I just finished a book on the '90s, uh, and it talked. There was a whole section in there about music, and I and I talked. I talk about this with others and my kids like there's something that we're missing now that we can find any song we want anytime we want yeah. like do you remember the anticipation yeah of like your whether it was guns and roses or earl smith or whoever your band was right that you're like the only way you're going to hear that song is if either one it comes on the radio or two it comes on mtv or yeah. three you buy the whole CD or cassette. Or that little you, single. Yeah, that little single. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, you had to work for it, and you yeah. had to wait for it. And, like, the yeah. anticipata- uh, the anticipation, anticipation. there we go. Uh, I talk for a living, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, just, just not knowing you're sitting there driving and the song comes on, mm-hmm. that's just a really cool thing. It's like, that's my song. Like, I was hoping that would come yeah. on. So, And the communal aspect, that, that, that happened a lot more back then before you could plug your phone in. And knowing if you're listening to that song, cars around you are ah, listening to the same right. song you're listening to. Yes. Everybody's bobbing their head at the same yeah, beat. Exactly. You can look in your rearview mirror, and I remember seeing people like singing the song that I'm hearing in my car, and that was super cool. Were, were high school students cruising back in the early 90s? That was the thing in the late 90s when I was in high school. Was it there was coming strip? to an end, but yeah. Where was the strip at then? Uh, here, I think it was... From around the Batten's Donut now, yes, the movie. Yeah. That's exactly where it was. Down to... Like Dodges? Dodges. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. You turn okay. around and Dodges yeah, yeah. go back. <laughs> that's what it was whenever I was in high school. Yeah. Okay. I was curious about that. Um, here's a good one for a restaurant owner. Mm. What is your favorite meal? Ooh. Well, I would have to say a big ribeye with a baked potato and okay. asparagus. Mm, right on. I just had a half ribeye and baked potato at Skinny J because apparently Thursdays is that's their special. You get a half ribeye and potato for like fourteen bucks or something wow. like that. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I'll take that then. Yeah. Um, here's a bonus question: We don't need to ask anybody, but since you are a restaurant owner, what is your favorite meal at Dairy Queen? I enjoy a double cheeseburger loaded up with everything. Mayonnaise, mustard, everything, and jalapenos. Oh, order of fries. Yep. Diet. What's your favorite Blizzard? Oreo. Yes, the Oreo. Oreo. Yes, it's hands I've down. Never got anything other than a Reese's ever my entire life. I, I don't want to. I don't want anything. I, Sometimes I do ask for extra Reese's. <laughs> and if it's not a Blizzard, I'm getting a peanut butter parfait. Wait, you get a ask peanut what? Peanut butter parfait. What is that? That's the elongated cup that's got the hot fudge and peanuts, a layer of ice cream, more hot fudge and peanuts, a layer of ice cream, and more hot fudge and peanuts. Man. Wow. That sounds like a winner. I might do that next time. How do you go wrong with chocolates and or chocolate and peanuts? Ice cream. You don't. Yeah. (laughs) Take my word for it. You said you ask for extra Reese's? Sometimes I will. I just want a little extra on there. So it's not like pre-made, like you're actually throwing the ingredients oh, in no, the ice cream. cream. Oh, no, no, we're putting the ice cream. Which oh. It's actually not called ice cream. It's, it's actually called Dairy Queen. Oh. The, it's called the Dairy. Name, the name of the product is called Dairy Queen. Not concrete, not no, custard. Just, not. just the ice cream itself. It's not called a custard. It's not yeah. called ice cream. 
Huh. It is called dairy because it is a different consistency in ice yeah. cream. Yeah, and it is, patented. and it's not a milkshake. It's patented under that under that yeah. name. Wow. Really? And then we put in the toppings, blend it up. Extra Oreos, here I come. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The old turnover. Yeah, yeah. you a, should have seen it when we had to uh, quit putting the garnish on top. Boy, that made people mad. <laughs> Y'all had to quit doing that. Well, when we had to start flipping it. Oh, so that's why there's not a garnish on top yeah, anymore. Because we'd flip it, and all that garnish would just land in their lap or on the counter. So, we well, you can tell you can tell your employees they don't have to flip it if they don't want to. <laughs> I'll take the garnish on top. I trust you. Uh-huh. Um, no, that's good. I yeah, I can't do the Oreos because of my gluten allergy. Oh, uh, but my kids do get an Oreo Blizzard, mm-hmm. so I'll take the Reese's. Um, what is on your nightstand right now? Probably a cat. Seriously? Yeah. That's your cat, like a got, real cat? Yeah, we've got seven cats and three dogs. Wow. Seven cats and three dogs. Are you more of a cat guy or a dog guy? Uh, we're more cat people. Okay. But we have uh, adopted the dogs. Just we're, Everything's pretty much a rescue. Mm. Yep. Who do you, which, which animal do you feel like, because this is a great debate. I have cat friends and, and I debate them on this. Which animal, because you have both, better bonds with you? The cat or the dog? The dog. Yes. That is the correct answer. Our our Australian Shepherd and our lab. I mean, when you go home, they just love to see you. I have cat friends that swear that cats are just as affectionate and will bond with you just as well as a dog, and I just don't believe it. Maybe temporarily, and then they get tired of <laughs> exactly, you. Exactly, man. Yeah. They're like, I don't need you. Yeah. Just give me some food every now and then. That's all they want. <laughs> for, for a second, when you said I have cat friends, I thought you were meaning you have friends that are cats. <laughs> Maybe I do. (laughs) All right. um, Give us a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you great joy. This is just an ordinary moment that brings you great joy. thing that gives me joy is when I have an opportunity to help other people. Mm. I'm I'm always looking for a way to help somebody, and I definitely derive joy from that. That's great, man. Last question. What is one thing you're deeply grateful for right now? Something you're thankful for right now? God and my family. It's a good answer. You know, it's, we talk about this a lot on here, but that's usually the, almost everybody says family or their friends. And I'm just reminded of like how important relationships are. You know, I think that a lot of times, I can or they can make money it can make the can make life about money, success, whatever it may be, you fill in the blank. And when it comes down to it, it's like family, friends, those relationships, which you said you value, like that's the most important thing. And so um man. All, all the money in the world can't buy you happiness, but the love of your wife and husband and child, I mean moms and dads, I mean you can't yeah. There's no money that can replace that. Man, that's exactly right. I just got news today that a, a kid um, in my son's fourth grade class, Green Tech, his, his dad passed away in a um, car accident. And it just, you know, just reminded my son about this today. He wanted to like, hug me a little bit tighter, you know, and it's just uh, the brevity of life. I like, just reminded of like, man, we don't, we're not promised another day, you know, and we're not promised that we'll see the spouse again or their kids again or the parents again and um yeah yeah every time i hear someone say that like family it's what i'm grateful for it's like man i want to live that way you know i don't want to just say like i'm grateful for family like i truly want to be someone's like i'm grateful for my family i don't take them for granted and so um 
man, thank you so much for making space to come on here. Thank you for your hard work, for your perseverance, for purchasing the company, keeping it open. I wish you guys, man, the best of luck that you'll have your most prosperous years ahead of you. And so, um, really enjoyed our time together. Thank you. Once again, thank you for having me on the show. All right, and that was Philip Sutton, who we just found out after we stopped recording, lived in the same house that I grew up in. That is amazing. It's a very small world. Yeah. It's like the way we even got to like discovering that. Yeah. Like we're talking about one of his employees. Yeah. Lived by him. Like, Wait a minute, you lived on that street? Yeah. So really cool. Small yeah. world. Super cool. Yeah. Philip, thanks so much for coming on. And for those of you who are still listening, thanks for tuning in. If you've not already done so, please check us out on our different social media platforms. We are on Facebook and Instagram. And if you've not done so, please give us a five-star rating on Spotify or on Apple. Um, we're there. That That's not really so much about giving us a pat on the back, though we do like that. Um, but even more importantly, it's about helping people to find us more quickly and learn about the incredible people living right here in Paragould. So as always, thanks for listening. Until next time.